The war in the former Yugoslavia killed 100,000 people. It is the most violent war in Europe since World War II. It was one of those wars where the Cold War essentially got hot in Europe. When we talk about was the Cold War actually cold, this is one of the wars we're talking about. Now, the difference between this war is it wasn't in East Asia. It wasn't in Africa. It wasn't in South America. It was in Europe. And it was really close to Germany and Italy and other NATO powers. Now, I'm talking, of course, about Yugoslavia. And Yugoslavia was basically ever since history, ever since recorded history, it was pretty much doomed. I mean, you had, you know, you had Orthodox Christianity, you had Catholicism, you had Islam, essentially under the same roof. You had, in a lot of cases, you had ancient hatreds. You had all this stuff. And then when communism came, communism put a lid on top of it and kept it in a simmer. Well, that was on the road to changing when Tito died in 1980. Tito was the communist strongman in charge of Yugoslavia. And essentially what happened was in 1989 a war kicked off. And this was a essentially a proxy war. This is what I was talking about a second ago. It was a proxy war between communism and sort of the forces of the West. The Serbs, who were allies with Russia in this fight, had taken over a large chunk of the land. Some estimates indicate uh, two-thirds of the land. There was a, a group of people called the Bosnian Serbs who were separated from the Serbs by essentially the Croats, who the Croats were the Catholic people. And essentially this war that killed 100,000 people and, you know, NATO took a lot of effort to keep this war from spilling over out of the former Yugoslavia. Because, and for those of you that have heard this podcast, um, from the beginning you know that World War I started in the Balkans. And so there were a lot of, basically, armchair historians in NATO at the time, 
on both sides of the Atlantic that sort of thought, okay, we, we have to contain this and we have to basically protect the Muslim minority. Um, so basically what they did was they took a very complicated situation in Bosnia especially and through the Dayton Accords set up a very complex peace agreement. And when you look at it as a historian or just even as somebody alive who's aware of it what you notice is you notice how complex it is and, and complicated peace agreements don't tend to work for a very long time and I know 26 years seems like a long time in the, in the context of lived humanity but, but actually in terms of history it's really nothing anyway so one of the things that you had because Bosnia was the most multi-ethnic uh, piece of land or I guess nation to rise out of the former Yugoslavia is you have a rotating presidency between the Serbs the Croats or Catholics and the Muslims well so the current president of Bosnia is a man named Milorad Dodik what Dodik wants to do is remove Bosnia from the framework of the 1995 Dayton Peace Accords. One of the things the 95 Peace Accords did, other than integrate the military and set up a court system and all like that, is it has a special representative body set up that is essentially run by NATO. And what the special representative can do is basically overrule the tripartite presidency if they can't come to an agreement and to set up laws which are binding for the people of Bosnia and places like it. And right away, you can see in isolation why... Dodik might want to remove himself from, say, for example, the special representative. The special representative contravenes his laws, or at least that's what Dodik says. And in the idea that all politics is local, he's presenting this as though essentially this NATO representative body is contravening the will of the people who elected him to office. But in doing so, what he would do is basically remove the glue that binds what is turning out to be a fragile piece together. Now, he's been trying to do this since 2020, He's been saying that um, if he doesn't get what he wants, he's going to call in his so-called special friends that pretty much everybody 
assumes are the Russians. Beginning about as far back as September of 2021, world observers all over Europe, and all over the world really, have been saying this could lead to the end of the peace afforded by the 95 peace accords. On the ground in the region, it's even more hostile than that. You have Serbian nationalists going around Sarajevo and essentially agitating people. And remember now that, and this is something I learned during this podcast, that um, Bosnia is one of the most heavily armed places in terms of its citizenry on Earth. And this is a byproduct of the fact that you have all these military weapons ranging from every war in the 20th century and I guess even the 21st century now that I think about it just sort of with the populace so here's why I'm telling you all this because the podcast guest the person that you're about to hear the entire show and for those of you who listen to my show, you know that I don't particularly like to edit podcasts, although I will. And I feel that it's especially disrespectful to edit people who come on my show from places like this and who just want to talk. I don't know this young man's name, but he goes by Mr. Nobody. In the episode. So I'm going to title this. With that in mind. But the thing I want you to hear. Is. The fact that he sounds very. Almost at ease. Now. We had a conversation before the recording. And in that conversation. He basically made it seem like the, the war was imminent. And he told me some stuff about what was going on. And then, which sounded pretty hair-raising, to be quite honest with you. And then I think he got, to use an American idiom, cold feet, and the next day, and maybe walked back some of what he had been saying. But the fact is that, you know, I did some Googling, and the fact is that the world's media is reporting this, folks. Something is going to happen. There isn't really a timeline on it, but it's going to happen pretty soon. And essentially, the people of Bosnia seem like they're going to have a pretty hard choice. Do you, do you go to war against Kosovo, or do you go to war have a civil war, essentially a civil war inside your own country. Now, going to war against Kosovo means going to war against NATO because NATO has agreements in place to protect Kosovo. So that that's the rock and the hard place. You're going to hear um, some technical difficulties, but I feel like it's 
like I said, it's disrespectful to not, you know, present this as holistically as possible. Um, and in any case, it's very humbling to be a podcaster. It's very humbling to, to want to talk to people around the world and to have them talk to you about their, their situations and their problems. The thing I thought was the most humbling is while all this is going on, this young man wants to have a podcast. So he wanted he wants to talk to people about their lives and what's going on with their lives and how they got where they are and I mean that's my hat's off to him, figuratively speaking. Anyway, um so I thought I'd present this to you in its entirety, warts and all. Um, by the way, it's it's rated not safe for work this episode, so uh, please bear that in mind. Um, this young man is under a, a great deal of stress, as we can all imagine. Um, anyway, thanks and uh, have a good day. All right, folks. I'll see you around. Hello, everybody. This is Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. I'm here with somebody that I'm going to refer to as Mr. Nobody. <laughs> now... Mr. Nobody lives in the Balkans, and um, we're going to talk about uh, the impending, uh, uh, what did you call it last night or, or this morning for you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what did, we, what did we call about it? The, well, there are a lot of impending things on the Balkans. W which one do you mean exactly? <laughs> well, you said... I mean, the first thing you said was, my country is going to have a civil war. Oh, well, I, I feel it coming. But if it's not a civil one, then it's going to be an actual one with another country, basically. At least with what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, we're, we're in for a fun couple of months. Yeah, months. It's months, probably. <laughs> okay. Why don't you, uh, why don't I, I'm going to just, Go into do not disturb. Okay, so I'm just had my phone. Do not disturb. Uh, because you know I don't want TikTok interrupting this conversation or or whatever. Oh, you're a TikTok fan. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it, I I like the humor, but. Uh, but they have some very weird stuff there. I mean, come on. It, it is funny. So, okay. Uh, first off, let's talk about where the Balkans is, first of all. And then, you, and then you can lay out what we're talking about. All right. So, wh where the Balkans is? Like, geographically, you mean? And it's in southeastern Europe, basically, right? Uh, yeah, you basically look at Italy and then to the right of Italy. I, at, at least I think that's how your, your maps are configured. I don't know if you Americans do something different with yours. Um, <laughs> the Balkans are basically a, 
a hodgepodge of different countries. Like you, you have a bunch of us here. I'm in, I myself am in uh, Serbia. So it's smack in the middle okay. there, but there's a bunch of us. Okay. I'm going to Google the Balkans right now. <laughs> uh, just yeah. so I can we, get a we map. Used be, we used to be one big old country, but that fell apart. I mean, you Yugoslavia, know, uh, you've heard of that, right? Oh, I have. I know about Yugoslavia. So essentially, you're talking about uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. You're talking about uh, Kosovo, Serbia, uh, North Macedonia, places like that. Yes, yes, pretty much. I mean, I myself am okay. from Serbia, so the majority of my knowledge is from that country, but I know a lot yes. of our neighbors. Okay, also we've got, it uh, looks like you've got Slovenia, you've got Croatia. Okay. Yeah, it all, all used right. to be one back in the day. I mean, way before I, no, yeah, before I was born. Yeah. I mean, and I remember the Civil War. So why don't we talk about, okay. So you were talking to me yesterday about the Serbian nationalists. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I was actually, I was actually thinking before we before we started recording. I was thinking about that. Uh, it's it's a very weird situation here with that because we're we're sort of in that period where a generational shift is happening, and you have the rem remnants of the older generations which are like really really nationalistic. You know, they they really have pride for their country, and then you have people my age or slightly younger than me who don't give to can I swear on the show? Oh, I'm rated not safe for work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who then you have people my age or younger who give no shit, basically. <laughs> and you're seeing this okay. weird shift. I actually remember uh, maybe four years ago as I was going uh, going to college in the in the middle of the city you'd see old guys wearing um, there's a um, there's a there's a type of hat basically the old communist regime guys used to wear uh and like screaming all sorts of weird shit yeah. and that's slowly disappearing but now we're kind of again in this now now we're switching into the period where from supporting the government we're going to fuck the government like in a big way because they're well fucking us i mean okay yeah. Would you say these people are more right-wing or left-wing, or what would you say they are? Our government? No, the people who are anti-government. Would you say they're more right-wing or left-wing? Or Yeah, that's... Uh, see, the, the thing that, is, uh, the okay. whole right-wing, left-wing thing, I, I've never been able to connect it with anything. So you guys in the U.S., you have a very clear line of why, what right wing and what left wing is here it's okay. kind of a kind of a mix because for example the whole country in and of itself is sort of traditional we're we're all orthodox christians basically and the orthodox church is very big here and these okay. traditional values and all those sorts of things are woven into our country's history pretty tightly so this whole leftist leftist versus right thing kind of doesn't fit all that well here. 
Uh, I would say the anti-government people are more. They don't. Be they belong to the group who who had enough of the shit, basically. Because you mean from I mean, the communists or from? Oh, the com the communists are gone. The communists are long gone. Well, not long gone. It's okay. been twenty-something years now. Yeah. Um, okay. We still have some, you know, but that's gone. The the current regime that's present here is just i mean it's just a basic dictatorship i mean there's there's nothing else to it there there's no there's no ideology i'd fit it into rather than a dictatorship and in okay. saying that you might you might realize why i'm okay. using mr nobody as my name here because I, I, yeah i i yeah right right yes yeah absolutely um yeah and we're not gonna okay yeah sure so we're not gonna divulge any identities in this part i mean i, I, mean, I can edit huh i can edit but i'm trying to put this out as soon as i can yeah um, i guess yeah i guess yeah um but so i think i think we're going uh, through something that a lot of countries around the world are going to and you know, I mean, similarly as you guys, it's it's kind of over time tensions boil over, no matter where the tensions come from. So in okay. the U.S., for example, you have a, I mean, okay, the U.S. faces bigger difficulties than we do because you guys are such, you guys are bigger, like uh, a lot, a lot bigger. How many? Three hundred something million, right? Uh, it's at least 350 million uh, yeah. or thereabouts. We're yeah. around yeah. six or eight million. So you oh, have, wow. you guys are much bigger. You have many different nationalities in the mix. A, a lot of, a lot of different things boiling over. It's sort of similar here, just on a smaller, more concentrated scale. You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Um, on a day-to-day -day level, how, how can you tell your country is sliding into a civil war? <clears throat> well, I'm seeing slowly how this grip of mass misinformation that goes around here is getting more and more loose. So the the current guys, the current regime, they have pretty tight controls on everything. I mean, I we uh, when was this? I think last year, Twitter had the biggest like bot cleanup they ever had, and the biggest amount of bots came from my country. See, the media is so tightly controlled here; it's ridiculous, and that grip is slowly loosening. And slowly, as time goes on, people are going, "What the fuck?" Especially uh, with the whole with the whole COVID measures thing. Like in Europe, it's it's getting a bit silly at this point. I mean, w one of the one of the things here we have uh, mandates, for example, that you need to have a green pass to enter a pub or a restaurant, but these mandates only work after eight o'clock before that anybody can enter and it's this this sort of ridiculous balancing that the government is doing that people are saying yeah well, fuck you guys you know they, they, there's there's they slowly had it 
with everything. They're done with it. Yeah. So the people are done with it. Ah, uh, okay. So you, you're saying that you can tell the Civil War is, or a, a conflict is coming because the media is loosening. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, something, something like that. Because, you know, once the, once the charade falls apart and people start to see all the shit that's going on. Okay, maybe civil war is not not the right maybe the better term would be an uprising. But then again, we do have so for example, here support is strong. No matter which side you support, it's rarely a loose thing. If you're pro government, you're really pro government. And if you're anti, you're really yeah. anti. The middle line is there's not a lot of people that are strictly middle line, you know? So once tensions, okay. once tensions finally boil over, it's gonna be a definite mess. What? Okay. What? What are some of the daily? Uh, like, if I were an anti-government person in Serbia, mm -hmm. what are some things I might? Uh, I might. What might get me out of bed in the morning, as far as? thoughts or, or whatever like what might uh what would get me really charged up Oof, that's a that's a tough question so what will get you out of bed in the morning if you're an anti-government person like what would really what would i just really think what would just send me right over the edge like if hmm. i was an anti-government person uh in serbia like what would i just Oh, those pro-government people there, you know, this way and that way or whatever. Well, I think I think the thing that would that would send you over the edge as an anti-government person would be at the end of the day, it would be looking out your window because the 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 it, it boils down to media again. The the media manipulation is so ridiculous here. It's getting so obvious. I mean, it's almost as though they're not putting any effort in it anyway. Like, you see the things that are going on outside. For example, there was a protest recently, and they said that uh, less than 100 people showed up. And I actually walked okay. past that. I saw that. That is not less than 100 people. And this was in the middle of the fucking city. Everybody could see it. You know, it's, it's these okay. kind of things that are starting to piss people off. Because they see that what they're being told and what the actual truth is, is like completely different. Okay. Give me a, give me a sense of scale here. Um, would you say that most of the people who live in your country live in your city or, or what are we talking about? That is, that is a good question. Um, in in the main city in Belgrade, you would have around 1.5 to 2 million people, and I, 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 because I'm from the city, I would want to say that most people live in the city, but that's not true. We have a a crap ton of small villages and you know smaller scale mixed places. I guess you would call them. People are thrown about everywhere, basically, and so. Are, yeah. Okay, so are the anti-government people pro-Russian, or what's the deal? Hmm, pro-Russian. I wouldn't really say pro-Russian, because our government has this, uh, well, our president has this very neat trick, and he's actually very clever about that. He is able to 
basically play all the sides at once. He is able to be pro-Russian and pro-EU and pro-America and pro-Serbia and pro... He does everything all at once. So the, the outside politics don't really matter much because we play ball with everyone in a way, you know? Okay, I mean, so it's really... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, we are historically a pro-Russia country, but Angela Merkel was here like two weeks ago, I think, or something like that, for a friendly visit. So we have uh, everyone. Okay. So, and I see you on the map, um, you guys are basically right over the water from Italy, pretty much. Yeah, we used to be a part of Serbia and Montenegro, like a joint country, but then Montenegro went separate back in 2006, and we lost our, our waterfront, essentially. Yeah, all right. Now, you were talking uh, yesterday, I believe, about uh, about some of the, the, the choices that your countrymen are going to have to make pretty soon. As far as, like, you've got the Russians on one side and you've got the uh, Serbian nationalists on the other side. And yeah. Like um, about the choices, I was essentially talking about the situation that's uh, been boiling on the border with Kosovo for some time now. So, essentially, for, for you know, your listeners who maybe aren't connected to the story, uh, Kosovo was historically... And I'm going to try to tread very lightly on this subject because it's, a, uh, you know. Um, so historically, it's a part of Serbia, basically. Though, if you go to historic, historic things, then the whole Balkans belong to us. I mean, come on. Uh, and essentially, one, one day, they decided to go their separate way. And they haven't been accepted by everyone. And especially, they haven't been accepted as a country from people here. Now... Serbs on Kosovo are treated very badly. Like this is okay. This is in our media, but this is also personal stories I've heard from people. Like uh, a friend of mine recently said that some Serbs down there were basically shot at randomly a few times. Like it, it just happens. So our government decided to flex their muscles and. You know, do a bit of flybys, send some helicopters and tanks to the border and whatnot. Now, the problem with that whole situation is that we are basically surrounded by NATO. And inside our country are people who would want us to go to war with Kosovo. But if we do that, we get fucked by NATO. But if we don't do that, the people in here are going to start rioting. So... What's coming for this country pretty soon, if that situation isn't resolved peacefully somehow, is that the government will have to choose whether to get bombed by NATO or bombed by their own people. And I'm not sure which choice is, is the good one here, to be quite honest. Well, it's, it's, a, no, it's a bad choice all the way around. Seems like well, yeah, I mean, it's a bad... War, yeah. war is never the answer for anything, but... You know, I mean, that's at least my opinion, but if I put myself in the shoes of somebody who has power, they kind of have these two options. 
So they could either go to war and play on the side of their own countrymen who are very energized about, you know, the nationality of it and that part belonging to Serbia, or they could not go to war and then the energized nationalist guys have nowhere to put their aggression, so they put it towards here. Okay. Okay. Um... Wow. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, because sure. this just just sort of popped into my head. I the reason the original reason I I encountered you or I met you was I was responding to a Reddit ad that mm-hmm. you put up where you wanted to basically uh, be have somebody as a podcast guest. Um, it strikes me that if I were in a country that I literally thought, if I were in a, first of all, if I were in a dictatorship, and then secondly, if I were in a dictatorship that I legitimately believed was about to go to war with somebody, I don't think I'd be wanting to do a podcast. (laughs) I don't think I'd want that. Uh, so why in the world... I can't be enlisted in the army, so I don't really care. I mean, we didn't, you know, when I think about it, I've never, I've never actually thought how war would look like from, from the standpoint of, you know, having open internet communications and stuff like that. That is something hard for me to imagine. And I do expect that at least if not in, you know, missiles and guns firing, then in some sort of different way, but that is definitely coming. Um, I don't really fear it that much. There is is nothing to fear. Oh, that's interesting. It's interesting that you say that. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Look at it this way. War, okay, Yes, historically, it's a fucking mess. A lot of people die, and a lot of people die in general. But okay, at the end of the day, it's also, and I'm gonna sound like a dick for saying something like this, but it's also a game, kind of. Like this is for for the politicians to flex their muscles, and at the end of the day, they're also human. No matter how high up they go, they, you can be the most heartless bastard on this earth, but Nobody really wants a lot of people to die, you know? So war can basically in this game be distilled down to you're going to send 50 tanks down, you're going to kill 10, 20 people, you're going to flex your muscles, and then somebody's going to be declared a winner because no matter who you are, you always want to avoid a lot of death. Hopefully. That's how I see it. At least. Uh-huh. Um. Did your parents, okay, did your parents ever talk to you about the uh, the war in Yugoslavia, like the Serbian-Kosovo war, um, all that? Because um, I, I, you, I don't think you were alive for that. I wasn't. I was, I was only alive for the, uh, when, uh, <laughs> when NATO bombed us, the okay. first time and hopefully the only time. 
Um, but the the stories of the past, uh, this country was pretty fucked up because it was essentially like back back when it was Yugoslavia and when people were still in that phase of being separate between the partisans and the and the, what would I call them the and uh, and the people who are still loyal loyal to the royal family mind you we have a royal family we technically still do they just do jack shit i think they're living in the uk now or or somewhere like that um basically it was i i have stories uh of brother against brother my my great my great grandpa actually told me a story uh, he was uh, part of. He was an officer in the in the partisans in the in Tito's regime, basically the the commies. And okay. he was essentially doing cleanup duty, which is at the end of the war when all the guerrilla fighters of the other side were running in forests, and they round up like the remaining few that were left in his local village, and one of the people they round up in that group was his best friend from childhood. And he had to pull the trigger and shoot him. I mean, okay. this is this is the shit that used to go down here because we had a lot of wars in this region, and all those wars were basically with your your closest fucking neighbor, your you know your 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 best friend, and this sort of weird thing persisted for some time. I remember when I was. Um, when I was six, I think, because a part of my family was politically sort of big in the in the commie regime, like the commies, partisans, same thing. And I remember okay. that when I was I was six, I think, a woman on the street asked me who my grandpa was, and I gave her the answer, and then she started screaming at me that I am a commie son of a bitch, me, a six-year-old. Like you, you can you can imagine kind of the the mental scarring that's left uh, on on people, especially older generations, and even on the younger ones, uh, from all the shit we've gone through. My grandma still, uh, my grandma still uh, forbids me sometimes if I'm there if I say anything that's remotely anti-government. She just grabs my hand and says, "No, no, 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 no." Don't say that. You never know who's listening. And this is back from the day when everybody was a fucking sleeper agent for the government. Always listening in on what you're doing. Wow. Yeah. There's even oh, actually, yeah, this is a this is a history podcast. I can give you a lot of these. There's um this story, uh yeah, yeah I, I know all of this, all of this shit because it was always interesting to me. Uh there was a there was a village uh, close to where I grew up at, and they had a, so back, this was 70-something that this happened, I think, according to the story. Uh, they had, basically, in the village, they wouldn't go to the city to vote. They would hold a local, like, vote collection thing and then send it off. And they had a big, big ballot box of chairs for everyone in the middle of the village. And people will write who they're voting for and put it in the ballot box. And everybody thought that was okay. But the actual truth was that below that, there was a secret room where one of the government's representatives was sitting. And they would be informed 
who's putting in the ballot box, they would open it, see who it is, and based on who they vote for, they would decide if that person gets to keep their job or if that, all, all sorts of shit. Yeah. yeah. So your country isn't, um, I guess it's fair to say your, your country has a negative, uh, uh, a sort of a dim view of voting. I guess. Uh, definitely. Definitely because the current guy has been in power for over 10 years. And, okay, it does boil down to the fact that young people don't vote a lot. I mean, I, I was guilty of that, to tell you the truth. And the, I don't know, it's, it's this sort of, this sort of view that a vote changes nothing that is persistent throughout everyone here and nobody at, at this we're at a point where nobody cares anymore like that's where it got to nobody nobody cares everybody's everybody's opinion on that is even though if i vote no matter who i vote for i know who's gonna win and that's it like you're and saying, like is. nobody thinks the nobody thinks it's gonna matter, or like nobody, like yeah, something like that. Nobody thinks it's gonna matter. It's it's this sort of weird power dynamic where people sort of feel that the guys in power are too powerful to be removed. Like that that's where it got to essentially, and you know it does. I mean, it does get to ridiculous maneuvers. Uh, a few years back. Uh, we had a we had an election. The the guy who's currently okay. in power was running against. I can't remember the guy's name. I think his his name on the on on stage. He had a weird like. Yeah, his name was Bailey. Translates to white, and he put on a show. He you always wore a white suit. Uh, he would like throw parties and stuff like that. And his only purpose there was to trick young people into voting for him so they wouldn't vote for the opposition and take away votes for the main guy. Like, this is the, this is the sort of manures that are being pulled here. And because of this, these tactics that are implemented, people essentially said, like, fuck it, we can't do anything, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, okay, these sorts of things are not exclusive to us. This happens... Pretty much everywhere, you know. It's just here that it's here. I guess the the difference is the country is so small compared to some others that it's more visible. These these things get more visible. Yeah. You don't need to look deep to see it. Right. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny because I've talked to um, I've had two different podcasts with um, democracy activists. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, three, technically four, but with three people. But two of them, two of them were just too, uh, the quality was too bad. Like the, the actual audio quality was too bad to, to release mm -hmm. because one of them happened during a storm. And oh. I don't know what the other one was, but I don't know what his deal was. But um, I tell you. You know, I, I hear these stories over and over again about about the, the powers that be in different places 
are trying to stay in power. You know, they're they're trying to stay in power. They're like that whole thing you said where they run opposition candidates that aren't really opposition candidates. That's a very common tactic all over yeah, the world. Yeah. Um you you told me something earlier that I wanted to get into sure. uh, earlier yesterday or yesterday for me. <laughs> <laughs> the planet is a funny place, people. Uh, the planet time oh, yeah. is a really funny thing. Um, you said that the Balkans have more guns than anywhere. What was the fun fact you gave me? It was like there's more guns per capita there than anywhere in uh, Finland yeah. or the U.S. or something like that. Let me just double check. Oh, wait a second. Okay. It's I was wrong on that. We're fifth. Yeah, you guys are the first. I was wrong on that. You have civilian firearms. Per, you have 120 guns per 100 people. That's not fair. I thought we were better. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But what I but, want, what I want you to do. Okay. The reason I was asking you that is you told me some fascinating story about how like, there's so many wars that go on there. It's like everybody's got guns from all those different wars. Oh yeah. I mean, my grandfather had. Uh, one that he had, he had, he had a bunch of grenades in his basement, uh, two gas masks, a machine gun. Uh, the thing is, people here, after they, uh, at least in the past, I don't know how it is now, but after they finish uh, their service and whatever, and especially during a war, they just take all the shit they can. I mean, they didn't give a shit, and yeah. it's also has to do with a traditional and generational thing. Uh, my other grandfather, he has a fuck ton of guns that were all passed down from his father and collected through the family and this and this and that. Like, what, and this, what type of gun? What type of guns are we talking about? Uh, we're talking everything from like very old rifles that I can't even identify to military military like Kalashnikovs and stuff like that. Okay. So from Antiques okay. to, to military grade. And right. it's, it's actually pretty, pretty fucked up because we can't get access to guns as easily as you guys can. So from what I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not really sure. It probably depends on the state, but it's not that hard to get weapons there, right? I would say that's a fair assessment, actually. I, I would say, and actually there's... Um, I don't know what the official word for it is, but essentially, you're right. It, it basically, it's really easy to get a gun in this country. Uh, yeah. And not just a gun. It's really easy to get um, lots of guns. <laughs> yeah, well. And they, yeah. and they even have, like, a lot. I think I, think I read recently, like, every state, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it's like there's a lot of um, there are a lot of laws in this country that that have to do with it's completely legal to have what they call long barrel guns, mm -hmm. uh, just open, just out in the open. 
Um, but they were written for more like hunting rifles. Well, guess what long barrel guns are? You, you know, like, uh, like you're saying, like, exactly. Um, huh. now, now, now that said, okay, so America, lots of guns. Um, I have yeah, friends but- that have, I have friends that have guns. I, but I, you don't, it's not like you go down the street and see like everybody has a gun or, okay, or whatever. No. Maybe Florida, but, or Texas. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, I've lived, I've lived where I've lived most of my life and I live in the South, which is, you know, pretty oh, pro gun. I think I connect. Okay. Oh. Our connection is snapping a bit. Uh, I'm still good. You're snap. Okay, no, it it came back to normal. Okay. I so I can cut this. So I, I I live in the south, uh, which is pretty pro gun, but you know, uh, I I can't really say that you can go that I've ever been to restaurants where I've seen everybody with a gun or or even most people with a gun. It's you know. Yeah, they're out and well, about, you, but it's not... You uh, obviously just went to the wrong restaurants. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know what? Probably. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, probably. Uh, but um, I don't think you would see people with... Um, uh, I don't even want to say that because, you know... As I'm quickly learning, uh, the 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 distinction between military grade and non-military grade is a very fine line. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, true, true. But yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. of the day, gun is still a gun, you know. Right. I mean, right. yeah. Uh, here, for example, you. This this is what I know from some of my cop friends, and this is the info I had from last year. So I don't know if something changed. But here you can't get a gun unless you provide proof that your life is in danger. That's the only way you can get a personalized, uh, a, uh, a concealed carry permit. permit. And okay, to okay, okay. get a gun yourself, you need to pay a fuck ton of money. Like to have it even as a, okay. you know, at home keepsake. Um, let me ask you. So the fact that you have so many guns, is that... Uh Given that restriction, is that is that basically a symptom of the fact that there was a lot of wars going on, or is that a symptom of? I mean, because okay, like the Balkans is where World War One started, for example. Uh, yeah, that was us. That was us. We're sorry, guys. We did it. <laughs> so the Balkans is where World War One is, for example, or the Bal- or uh, what else? Um, you know, they're. There's a there was a fascinating thing I read one time about uh, about the Ottomans uh, in the Balkans in what is today the Balkans. Yeah. Oh, they they fucked us beyond belief. We were basically under their heel for. I'm I'm bad with our like old history, but a couple of hundred years, I think. Um, actually, I mean, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can actually clearly see that because a lot of our if you, for example, look up Belgrade or something like that, a lot of the okay. things still present in the city, you will see this sort of Ottoman 
inspiration because when the Turks come in, they don't really, you know, okay, they do a bit. They, they do brutalize you a bit. Okay, more than a bit. Okay, a lot. But they also sort of assimilate you in a weird way. Like, you can, they'll come in and you'll basically, you can remain uh, a Christian. That's, you're just occupied. Again, had a snap. Oh, we had a snap. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, w what I was saying is the, the Turks really did leave uh, a huge mark on us. They basically occupied everything and they did do some terrorizing. Like one of the, one of the things, it's actually, it's actually, you're, you have a history major, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, I, I always found it fascinating that uh, European schools, we generally like, we learn, we, we have no focus. We just learn interesting tidbits from everybody's history, you know? And, for example, something I found that not a lot of people knew, especially, like, from overseas, uh, the Turks had something that I could translate as a oh, gift of blood. I guess I could translate it as that, where they would basically come and take newborn babies from their parents while we were under. And these babies would be taken back to the Ottoman. I keep calling them Turks. They weren't the Turks. They were the Ottoman Empire. My bad. And they would be taken back to the Ottoman Empire and, and raised as, you know, just people in their country. They, they would become Ottomans themselves. These are some of the... The, the Janissaries. Was this the Janissaries? Was this the, the Jan Janissaries? Uh, not necessarily. They could, they could basically over time become anything. One of the... Oh my god, I can't remember this. If I if I show this to my my friends here, they're gonna they're gonna give me so much shit because I don't remember our some of the basic facts of our history. We had a, a big guy here from Serbia who was taken as a baby, taken to the Ottoman Empire, but he rose through the ranks so quickly he had a sort of command over Serbia at the time. I can't really remember his name right now, and somebody's gonna kill me if my history teacher sees this. She will slap the living shit out of me. Um, uh, 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 how did you not know that, I, Mr. I Nobody? How did you his... not know that? It's oh my god! I'm sorry. Okay, but, but uh, okay, fine. But uh, so yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, and uh, he he basically had this sort of power over the occupied region of Serbia and he still remembered his roots so basically he was able to give us better terms under the occupying heel than we had before see this is this is something um i think is native to the slavic people themselves now we're going way back uh we have this weird sort of i don't know fucking tribal connections back uh, back to the past where we're from because for example there are a lot of uh, a lot of serbs in the u.s in uh, chicago and at one point in time i was actually researching because to tell you the truth i wanted to fuck my like fucking leave my life completely and go to the u.s and start anew and i was looking like how do i do this and the thing that popped up is like there's a Serbian Orthodox Church in Chicago that will give you any support you need. This is the type of people we are, basically. We're always connected to our 
sort of we have this weird feeling of heritage i i can't explain it actually okay okay yeah but from the from the occupying things with the turks there is uh there is one cool story there's this guy uh i, I don't remember his first name his last name was singilic and he was uh another one of mr nobody's cool history stories that he half remembers uh, <laughs> uh the cool thing he was responsible for is he was defending uh, an armory, uh, basically from from the Ottomans. And as people started, I mean, we, there weren't a lot of us. The Ottomans swarmed us, and as people were dying off, this fucking mad lad—I don't know what else to call him—he went into the powder room. He the and and the whole so, story. So wait, the, okay. The, Okay, the powder room. Are you talking about where the gunpowder is, or yeah, the gunpowder? He went okay. in there. He he uh, he uh, siphoned the Ottomans who were attacking him to come into the powder room, and then he lit the whole thing up. He blew himself to smithereens and took out like 12, 20, 20 Ottoman soldiers with that. This is okay. Th I I think this is in part why people don't invade us as much. Because we're fucking mental. And, you know, I, I think if we had nukes, if somebody were to attack us and put their boots on our soul, we'd nuke ourselves. That's that's the kind of mentality we have. <laughs> oh, my Thank God. God oy, 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 oy. All right. Yeah. So, okay. So when you say, let's get back to the whole... Uh, Back to politics. When you say, let's get back to the modern day sort of situation. When you say that, uh, when you say that the Civil War or this conflict, um, what was it like two years ago? Like, how is now different from how it was two or three years ago? Or five years ago, or whatever. Um, I think, I mean, when it comes to to tensions boiling and all of that, I think the the COVID thing put a big strain on everything, because it is it is something visible where even if there is a hint of bullshit or disinformation, uh, you the the people can can sense it more clearly. Like I, I told you, I told you at the beginning, we have. Uh, green passes that are active only after eight o'clock. Everybody in the country is. We have a running joke that says Corona doesn't work after eight. Uh, the Corona starts working after eight, and this is this is this sort uh. of bullshit half measures that are being implemented by the guys that are playing all the sides, and people are slowly getting wise to it. So one of the big things uh, that happens here is okay. With every political campaign, you have different groups of interest. Here, the major group of interest are the old people. Like everybody who's over 40, 50, they are the, the target voters. They're the ones who vote. Because they generally, due to historic reasons with the commies and everything, they don't question the government that much. They are very, very conservative on that part. And what the government says goes. But even they, with all the all the bullshit they're being pelleted with, they're slowly going like, "What the fuck? What it, what is going on?" 
like this is this yeah. is the this is the issue the corona puts such a big strain on on media efforts that and the biggest part is coming now because elections are in february uh i think in march or end of february and weirdly while everybody else is expecting is is getting a big like updraft of cases we're doing fine out of nowhere and curiously enough the same thing happened with the last elections the corona was was going crazy but then as elections came near eh, it's nothing you know and people are are getting tired of this situation being manipulated there is no truth anywhere no matter where you look because every everything is bought in the us okay you okay you guys have your own fair share of misinformation let's be honest here but out of the out of the million media outlets you'd have one that tells the truth we don't have even one we have nothing uh And so like you that, don't so in general like you don't trust the media at all like you don't trust the local uh, one, not a, not a chance in hell not a chance in hell because everything that's written there i can just look outside and i see proof to the contrary i mean they should put a bit more effort come on if i if i'm being lied to i would like more effort to be put in you know lie to me with style Don't don't half ass for God's sake. Uh, yeah. It's and, and I mean it, it strikes me that you know you your country has had a lot of propaganda. First you had the communist propaganda and now you have I guess this guy's propaganda, you know. So yeah. you know, your, yeah, your media culture isn't very uh truth-based. No, we're we're I you know the whole situation with our media right now uh it does stem from all the propaganda that was in the past and this whole thing i told you that older people have this slight fear fear respect mix of the government they don't question it now you i mean before in in the commie times it was it was fucking ridiculous it was the whole a uh, worker society culture you live and die for your glorious leader okay no it wasn't like that but but sort of similar but now not a lot of effort needs to be put in because people are already at least the older ones already have this 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 prop, I, i'd call it the propaganda gene this propaganda gene instilled into them so you don't even need to put in a lot of effort to actually get them to follow what you say that's the that's the trick and You know when it comes to media freedom and everything I mean you could check the scales online we're pretty bad like let me let me yeah. check I think we're ready as well uh, we're 93 in the world press freedom index press Yeah. What I'm doing now is I'm just googling the World Press Freedom Index. See what 
what's going on here. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here we have the world. Pro oh, out of 130 countries. Yeah, that's bad. All right. That is bad. So I'm I'm looking here to see if there's a ranking. Uh, okay, well, at least like checking checking through all the things, we're not worse than China. That's something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not being worse than China, that is a that's a good thing. I gotta tell you, I had uh, you know, I've done a guy, I've talked to a guy in in Hong Kong. Oh God! And uh, we only spoke for a few minutes uh, before he literally got. You could look at his face. He literally got like, like, literally physically sick. Like he literally looked like he was going to throw up. Oh. And he had that bad of a stage fright. And he just, I can't. And all we were doing was we were talking about hunting. We were just talking about his uh, his dissertation on hunting. And there were oh all God. these little, there were all these rules we had about how I can't talk about where he's from or I can't, you know, he's obviously in his bathroom talking to me, right? He's obviously like in his bathroom talking to me. And I can't, you know, bring any of that up or nothing. And I'll just all of a sudden, man, he just started like, he literally looked physically sick. I was like, hey, man, um, we don't have to do this. Like, <laughs> like it's okay. But, yeah. Jesus. Okay. For, for him, for example, I understand. I mean, that place, if you say something wrong, you and your family and next generation of your family are disappearing off the face of the earth. Um, but, yeah. okay. I mean, I, I kind of overplayed it. It's not, it's not like that here. It's not... Unless you say something really wrong, I guess. But here, being outspoken won't let you that. Here, here they they punish they punish people who are like very, very anti-government in in weird ways. You know, you won't get well if you're lucky. You won't get beaten or killed in the street. But what would happen to you is basically one day you're going to wake up and your taxes are for some reason 10 times as much as they were before and you're going to look like what the fuck why is this happening and they're going to say we don't care you have five seconds to pay and if you don't then you go to trial for taxes and you go to jail it's as simple as that you know okay yeah well, here it's done through these weird little channels i mean and this is this is a this is a standard thing. Like they, they do this with everything. A friend of mine wanted to install uh, solar panels on his on his house, and he was talking to somebody about it, and he said, like, if you do that, your water bill is going to be three times as big as it was before. Why? Because they need to get the money out of it. That's as, as simple how, as how it goes. Okay. Um. What's the, I mean, but they don't want you having the, uh, they don't want you having the solar panels. Why don't they want you having solar panels? 
Well, this is also another uh, wonderful thing about this country. Uh, while okay. a lot of a lot of companies here and stuff like that, they are government run, and even if they're not officially government run, they're government government run in one way or another. The, the biggest example is we have a company uh, called Cargo here, and that is basically our Uber because Uber doesn't want to come here for one reason or another. And the whole shtick is. That company, while it is private, it's owned by people from the government. And it's, it's the same with a lot of different things. And no matter what it is, is it transportation, is it electricity, is it water, the money still goes to some of the, the president's keys that basically help him rule. That's kind of the trick. So in order to quell and destroy any sort of notion of going to something different than the than the let's say energy company that the president's friend or whoever i don't, I don't even know who, you know who's the big guy there owns you kind of make sure people don't do any purchase and that's the case with a lot of things here like what else what else is the case with Oh boy! Uh, I don't know. I mean, the the best the best example I can give because it's the most visible one and the one that can be most easily seen is this whole fake Uber thing, the cargo, because this is this is where you most clearly see it. Uh, for example, when the when the app started here, it's it's the whole gig kind of thing. You know, people basically start driving ah. the special taxi license and stuff like that, and it started and the taxi drivers started protesting. They even started getting into fights with the, with the cargo drivers. And then, though, all the protests disappeared and the police don't check the cargo cars and they don't really stop them all that much. And new legislation was put in to make sure the cargo cars work as intended. And for some reason, a close friend of the, of the president is... Uh, partial owner in the company that owns that like it's it's all visible it's all ridiculously visible it's it's like known secrets here everything is in a way owned by the government if it wants to succeed uh, and if and if you want to succeed in general you need to give a part of what you do to the government that's the that's the thing like for example one of the one of the biggest slaps people got here is so our um, our system here is you can make a, an agency which basically costs you you don't pay taxes but it costs you 300 euros a, a month or around that to keep operating and for some reason one day they got up and they retroactively implemented two years in the past something called an eco tax like this is this is the sort of bullshit people here have to deal with and in order to secure themselves from this bullshit, they have to help the government in a way, you know? Oh. Yeah. Oh. So I have another question, um, and feel free to say no, but um, do you want to tell people, like, what you were talking to me about what you do? Uh, as a job and 
I kind of think it's a very liberating opportunity for you because you're able, in some respect, you're able to, you don't have to put up with the clown show as much. <laughs> well, okay, L look at it this way. The people in this country that actually make a decent living are the people who work for a foreign company or who okay. work for the government. And I, I started working on like freelance websites and stuff like that uh, from the age of like 14, 15, something like that, because I like from my surroundings, I just I just knew it. And the ultimate path to a liberation in a sort of way here is to separate yourself financially as much as you fucking can from this country, because otherwise you're not going to have a happy life. That's yeah. uh, that's the case here, and this is that that's actually the sad thing. Like, I don't like it that a lot of people are leaving the country, and you know they're they're di disconnecting from. It's bad from uh from the small nationalist in me, but at the same time I get it, you know, because yeah. if you don't leave, you get a salary of around four hundred five hundred euros a month. And to put it in perspective, that will be around 6,000 euros a year, which is close to $6,000 a year. And even though we're, okay, we're not a third world country, we're, let's call it second world, that's still not enough to, to live on, you know? Right. And uh, the, biggest, the biggest liberating thing somebody here can possess is actually the ability to speak English. I mean, that fucking saved my ass, you know? And um, the people who don't, they get end up, they, they either make it through grinding and, and growing or they go and learn English and fuck out of the country. Like we have, a, we have a big thing with people from our country going to Germany to work. And this is, this is, a, this is a whole joke because you know who these people are because when you see a giant house that is just, stupidly big with no rhyme or reason you know that guy went to work in germany because we generally aren't used to using a lot of money for life so you go to germany you make a normal salary you get like two thousand four thousand a month you live off of maybe a thousand and you take the money back here where shit doesn't cost as much and you build up a castle So, um, okay, could you, I mean, so you can go to the airport, you can fly out, like, you can, you're literally, like, not trapped, are you, or? No, we're country? not, we're not trapped. No, 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 now, now we're going into China things. We're not trapped here. Um, well, freedom yeah. of movement, freedom of everything, it's just this. I don't know. If I, if I were to put it in words, I'd say the concept of democracy here is very screwed. You know? I mean, it's yeah. the same everywhere, though, in the end. Democracy in and of itself is an absolute sham when you think about it. I mean, 51% get to decide? Come on. Bullshit. Isn't it? So, okay. It's interesting. Well... I mean, you you said previously, like your your country doesn't have 
uh, a good record with voting. So, I mean, I can see where somebody would think that. Um, we we don't have a big turnout. I, I'm I'm sure of it. I can look at the statistics, but I'm sure we don't have a big turnout. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you said also that people are leaving your country. Uh, so they're going to Germany or they... Well, that was that was the case with a lot of things uh, before. Now it is, but not as much. Now the big thing is that foreign companies come here because our labor is, you know, compared to U.S. or something like that, it's, real, it's a lot cheaper. Like you can get, I don't know, you can right. get very good developers for next to nothing if you compare it to the U.S. And then people are starting to make a good life by we're, we're switching as a country a ridiculous amount towards it like everybody's going into it and th this is this whole weird thing where older people especially they see it as this like if you're a developer you're a god to them like that is you you are the money maker you know but okay that's that's the that's the saving grace keeping people here but even that is not enough to to satisfy in the end because you get a you get a decent decent thing but you're getting paid next to nothing when you compare yourself to you know people outside of outside of the country all right i feel like a war correspondent talking about all of this <laughs> Why do you feel like a war correspondent? I don't, I don't know. This 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 whole format of me talking of the situation here, I feel like I'm on the news, like I'm a correspondent for someone. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you are. I mean, you're a correspondent. Yeah, in, in, a, in podcast, a way. In a way. So. In a way, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but I mean, yeah, I don't feel in a way this, this whole situation that's going on around the world, to, to me, it does feel ridiculously so like a war. Like... I well, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of is this this weird disconnect. I I don't. Before the whole Corona thing started, I kind of felt in a weird way more connected to people around the world than I do now. I can't explain it, and it feels like this weird global war is going on. That I know it doesn't make sense, but that's, that's how the the vibe of everything. It's really I mean, the thing, the thing I've noticed is, um, in my country, we don't have the restrictions that some countries have. So mm -hmm. we have, um, like, for example, in my state, um, there are, like, businesses can have mask mandates or, or they can require you to have a vaccine, but like, I, there's no real, I mean, there are, there could be financial, you know, problems with not being vaccinated or, or whatever. Like, you could lose your job or what have you, but, like, you're not going to go to jail, right? Like, like, we don't have vaccine, uh, I think they call them vaccine passports here. Like, we don't have, like, vaccine passports, per se. Right. Do you At least think not that I'm. Do I think they're coming? Um, no. Oh, why not? No. You can't tell Americans what to do. 
you can't you, you literally you can't tell Americans what to do. And you can't tell like you can't tell people in this country um America's huge. Like America's a big country. America's a big country. America um it's a big country until very recently um until very recently you know it was relatively easy to move around from place to place as far as like you could just quit your job and or you could go get another job somewhere else or, or whatever right so and plus america is america has uh i like to say like america is full of problem solvers like america is full of people that are like okay Here's the problem. All right, I'm going to solve it or whatever. Also, like, you're not going to. Okay, like. One of the big problems in my country is essentially like. And it's because of the way we vote. It's because of how voting happens that this this goes on. But you have the, what you call uh, primaries. Where you pick the, uh, uh, where you pick the, um, let me see, you're muted here. Uh, no, I mute you... myself where you talk, if that's what you're... Oh, oh, yeah, okay, okay. So we have primaries where you pick the candidates for the general election. So, so one of the problems are... Oh, now you muted yourself. I can't hear you. Okay. Ah, there we go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can. Okay. So, so that's one of the problems um, we have. It's actually like one of the the big problems. But in terms of like, um, we're not going to have like vaccine passports or like we're not going to go back to COVID restrictions or whatever like. There's literally no appetite for that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I. Okay, I, I see. I see where you're coming from, but I mean, doesn't doesn't each individual state get to decide what they're gonna do about that? As a practical matter, it's not even each individual state. As a practical matter, it's like. So I live in a state where the vast majority of the people. Uh, live in the northwest part of the state, okay? Mm -hmm. So, like, you could have, like, the county might decide, well, we're going to have, uh, okay, they have counties in Florida, for example, or I don't know if Georgia has this. I know they, they had it in Florida for a minute, but or for a while, but they had this issue where the governor of Florida, so the guy in charge of the state of Florida, right? The governor of Florida decided that you couldn't have a vaccine mandate in the schools. Well, there were schools, there were there were schools in Florida, school systems that had vaccine mandates. And so suddenly like those school systems can't have vaccine mandates. Or and, and the other problem is okay. Here's a problem with COVID. 
This is a problem with COVID. The problem with COVID is like when, at least when I first started learning about it, and when it first started becoming like a, a thing people were aware of, like people didn't know what to expect and people thought it was going to be a lot worse and like a lot worse than what it apparently had become. But even then, like I've talked to people, like I've talked to people all over the country, all over the world, really. And I've, I've met people and talked to people that they had loved ones that they'll tell you, like they just died. It had to be COVID. Like they just died. Yeah. <laughs> so like you have like, you have like a situation where um people might have died but like like the uh what is the covid death total now i think it's 800,000 or something the official death total in my country is the us 800,000 or something something close to that let's see it says and the survey says 769,000 7.6 million cases, though. That's a lot. Yeah. I was close. Yeah. You're, but let me ask you but, this, though. You were talking about the, the, the mandates in school. Do you, think, do you think this autonomy your states have in the U.S. is a hindrance or a benefit in the long run? Like, let's disregard COVID for a second. Let's talk about pure, you know, purely the structure of it. Do you think this ability to reject official mandates and stuff like that is good for the U.S. or bad for the U.S.? Well, here's what I, okay. Um, let me see. Okay, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Let's take it away from COVID. All right. So the highway system. Uh, the drinking age, the drinking age in this country is 21 years old. My God, I, I don't know how you guys live with that. Jesus Christ. Well, we, we really don't, but that's a different <laughs> story. That's a different story for a different day. Uh, but the drinking, the legal drinking age in this country is 21, uh, years old. Um, the way the government got that enforced was there's a federal highway system. There's like an interstate system. And they said, we're only going to give you money for your interstate system if your drinking age is 21. Right? Okay. So the state of Louisiana, which is where New Orleans is, okay, so New Orleans is a big, a big party city. The state of Louisiana for ages, I don't know, I don't remember what their drinking age was, but it wasn't uh, 21. I don't even know that it was 18. Um, 16. I don't remember. I don't want to put the wrong number down. I don't want to say the wrong number, but whatever it was. Um, well, they're, you know, and they essentially they had to change it because they needed their highways needed to be improved. Um, overall, I would say 
having spoken to so many people in my country, I would say overall federalism is a good idea. That's what they call it, where every state is a different place, like legally. I would say overall it's a good idea because I don't know how you could have like a, a unified system with 350 million people. Like, I don't know how you could do that. Very um, true. What Very that true. would look like. I don't know. And plus, like, um, for example, <laughs> so I live in a rainforest. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, I literally live in a rainforest. Okay. When you go out to California, much of California is turning into a desert. And much yeah. of California actually is a desert until you get to the Pacific Ocean, right? So right there, you have different water problems. Like, we have the opposite water problems. Like, we have too much water. California yeah. has not enough. Yeah. Okay? Like for ex- I mean, just for example, um, you know, like, Things like that. I mean, now you you might could get into some problems later um, with like uh, what they're starting to do now is they're starting to say like, oh well that that was a bad hurricane there. Okay, well I'm sorry. Oh, you want me to kick in for that? No. Like you're starting to see that. I mean, you you might get into problems with that. I could see where that would work. Or like, okay, here's a problem that I could see with federalism. Uh, What if, for example, uh, Ebola came to America? What if Ebola came to America? Instead of COVID, you had Ebola. Like, but you really had it. Not like you had it a few years ago, but like you really had it. Like you have it in Africa some places. I could see where that could be a problem with federalism because you would still have people that didn't believe it was real, except that Ebola is way more contagious. It's way more dangerous. And like one of the big problems in this country is like when you get out of the major metropolitan cities or the major metro areas, mm-hmm. our, our health infrastructure is just not. Um, it's not as good as it could be. Let's say that. Let's say that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could totally see where if you had like, I don't know, uh, Ebola or what's another one? Uh, SARS. Well, we had SARS. We have SARS now. COVID is SARS. Uh, but uh, what's what's the one I was listening to the podcast? Uh, the Black Death. Okay, the had, Black Death is a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit more extreme. Yeah, yeah if you had the Black Death here, I, that could be a problem. That could be a True. really big problem in this country. Um, but you know, I mean, and you know, I I used to be like really much more like pro lockdown type stuff until I started talking to people in other countries. And I, I realized like, Oh my God, like when you go to Singapore and, and 
like they will arrest you for going to the store <laughs> like <laughs> or like no, I mean, there are there are some like yeah. there is there is a dose of abnormality when it comes to lockdowns i get it i understand i understand why it's necessary and everything but there are cases where it becomes a, a goddamn extreme like in um i can't remember is it germany or austria somewhere there they wanna they wanna make vaccines mandatory meaning that if you aren't you i think i think you have to pay a fine of um no, or maybe it's jail time. I don't know, but it's a mandatory thing. Like it's no longer an option. And for now, you can't go outside if you're not vaccinated. Only work and home, and that's it. Like it's getting, you know, a bit. And when I and the other thing, like the other thing that kind of turned me around on this was when I start to read the science. Okay, mm -hmm. when you start to read the science, and I'm reading the science all over the world, people, and, and you start to understand, like, COVID's going to be with us. It's, it's going to be with us. This is a thing that isn't going to go away. And you start to realize, like, and, and also, like, I've talked to a whole lot of people, like a whole, I don't. You know, I don't know a number right off, but a whole lot of people. And I know, a, I mean, I've talked to a whole lot of people that told me like breakthrough cases and like that, like they have breakthrough COVID cases. And I'm just like, you know, yeah, okay, the vaccine works. It works as far as you're not dead most of the time. But it does it 100% prevent COVID from getting to you? Well, maybe not. Well, I mean, they officially did go out and say that it doesn't. That's why. That's why the, yeah. the booster exists. Yeah. Well, I, you no, know, I mean, right? But I mean, COVID I, for now, to me, it looks like flu 2.0. Like you're right. It's something that's gonna stick. And yeah, like it's. And I guess, like, the problem is, like, I mean, for other countries, the problem really is, at some point, you just have to go with it. You just have to say, okay, well, this is a thing that can happen. True. You know, it's a, True. it's a, you know. You have to accept it. Yeah. Wear a mask, you know, I, you know, wear a mask, go out, whatever, but don't, you know. I don't know. I mean, but you know, like what turned me around was talking to people in Asia. Like when you really talk to people in East Asia and they, they talk to you about well, what all they have to do, what all is going on with them. Yeah. No, no I mean, that's. They, at the start of all of this, they had like that severe two week lockdown, didn't they? Where they basically could not step outside. I mean that. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are still like that. Some of I them. I guess some part. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane, and yeah. you know, come to think of it, it's 
I mean, it's weird. These sort of pandemic things, they have happened before. You throw me off when you mentioned the Black Death. Like, something (laughs) like this has happened before, but it was so much worse. So much got well, right, and the Black Death killed a whole lot of people. I mean, it, I forget the one wave, but the Black Death uh, killed a whole lot of people, like a yes. whole lot. Europe beyond belief. And, you know, similar story, but back then we didn't, I mean, back then we didn't even know what a goddamn disease was. I mean, come on. It was being spread by people going to church and praying the disease away and getting the disease. Please. It's, right. It's 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 a ridiculous thing. It's this it's this sort of weird like have you ever have you ever just thought that history repeats itself in every meaning of the word, not just the wars and the and the weird politics, but everything. Yes. Yeah. I mean this is this is that, <laughs> you know, and for example, another thing of the history repeating itself, there is a there's a bunch of people comparing the US now to the, the time where the U.S. is to the fall of Rome, basically. What do you what do you actually think of that? I so okay. What do I think of that? I don't. Here's what I think. I don't see how. So the Roman Empire, no, it's not the fall of the Roman Empire. Uh, is it the end of the Roman Republic? I think it's closer to that. But even there, it's like, um, I think I see it closer to the French Revolution. Oh. More than anything else, I see it closer to that. Uh, basically, like, um, you know, because with the Roman Republic, you have a lot of people, you have, um, the fall of Rome, so the fall of the Roman Empire, right? The fall of the Roman Empire happened essentially because you had uh, childhood emperors. You had childhood emperors and you had a certain elite class that, that figured out how to, basically how to um, rule themselves or how to rule their piece of Europe or med- the Mediterranean uh, independently of Rome. And you also mm-hmm. had uh, climate disasters. Like you had bad climate disasters, which Rome never really recovered from. Um, I just don't. I don't see that. Like I don't see some billionaire somewhere deciding you know what i'm gonna rule this part of america you know i'm I'm gonna do that that's gonna be me well i mean not officially but <laughs> well uh, yes yeah, okay sure it could be you could have 
over time i mean over time maybe but but even then like you you would still have um so one of the things like we have going for us that rome didn't have and it sounds silly until you think about it right um rome never really had an idea like like there was never really like like okay i live okay better example I live in a country that spans a continent. Okay. I can listen to a radio show or listen to a podcast or, or watch something made 3000 miles away. I can see those people talk just like me. I can see those people. They, you know, basically look like me, think, you know, whatever you can't really, you couldn't really do that with Rome. You couldn't really like, they, they really didn't have like the average Roman in the street like say in Britain wasn't also thinking about, Oh, the, the guy in Macedonia, you know, he thinks the same way I do about, about like, we both like the same sport or we both like the same, uh, you know, whatever, like the, you know, um, also like, I mean, Rome had a societal breakdown that, like a, just a total breakdown that you know i mean the closest thing you can come to that here is um okay the closest thing you can you can't i mean okay like you had a whole societal breakdown in rome to where like letters wouldn't get delivered like mail wouldn't wouldn't go where it needed to go or or you had like areas of Rome that were just governing themselves or or just like were being invaded and Rome didn't do anything about it like we're being militarily taken taken over and Rome didn't do anything about it you know and and there was that like there was a treaty between Rome and I think the Vandals I don't remember exactly but Essentially, like they gave North Africa to this to this people, like these here take North Africa. Yeah, you know, I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> you know. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I I think I get it. Yeah. Where I do see more like the French Revolution, where you know you, you end up with a problem, you you end up with a complicated problem, and you can't really solve it quickly or you can't you don't have good leadership or you you don't have you know something like that so do you do you so you think you're gonna end up with a problem like that where you won't be able to solve it no i i think the big i think really i think the big problem i think the big problem the u.s has is or would have not has but like if, if you had a fast acting virus, like a very fast acting virus that was much, 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 much more lethal than COVID. Mm-hmm. Like if you had the black death, if you had the black death, which is why I said the black death, you, you could be dead of the black death in like a couple of days. Like you would have entire villages die from the black mm-hmm. death in a couple of days. 
Yeah, but that's, I mean, the, the deadliness of a, of a virus is, is something very interesting because the, so for example, if you have a virus that is extremely deadly, it's harder for it to spread because if the host dies before he gets to spread it, then, you know, the virus itself is fucked. That's, that's kind yeah. of, that, that, that's why, I mean, that's why COVID is, oh my God, I'm going to sound like I'm on the side of COVID here. That's why COVID is so special. Uh, the, the, the time it would take somebody to die is just enough. So they get to infect a bunch of people. Like it's so, it's ridiculous. Like it's the, the, the perfect germ or virus. Sorry, not sure. All of your, your scientist viewers are laughing their asses now. I know. Scientist listeners are like, oh my God. What is this? Oh, could he mistake a virus and a germ? Oh my God. That is so uneducated of him, Jesus. <laughs> well, probably, you know, person, you know give, probably. It, give, give him a break, folks. He's in the Balkans. He really thinks there's going to be a civil war tomorrow. Not tomorrow, but soon. Come on. I, I, it's, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming, you know? And okay, yeah. maybe I put it wrong. Civil war might not be the right thing. Uprising. It's, and and uh, for any intelligence service listening, I I fully support the government, and I'm against any uprising. And uh, please don't kill me. Um, but it's it, it's actually with most countries around the world right now. This is this is what a virus does. Basically, uh, something as extreme as COVID, it 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 makes people feel like they've had enough. You know. So if there is a problem in your country with relations to anything, COVID just made it 10 times worse. And now somebody who was medium pissed is 20 times as pissed. And <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, they, they're having, uh, where is that? It's in De Denmark. I think Denmark had a bunch of uh, riots related to the, to the measures, uh, mostly like young people. Going around setting cars on fire and throwing shit, like it's, yeah. it's you know, yeah, I was I was wrong. Civil war, okay, pardon my my English. Maybe I was wrong on the on the word I use, but uprising might be a better term because, you know, you coop people up in a box. What do you expect them to do? They're gonna burst out of the fucking box. I think also, you know, up. A problem that might arise and that is arising is basically all the uh, a big effect all the measures are having is that people are aside from being pissed at everything they're also giving up like they stopped caring completely and absolutely you and you probably see it too okay you don't have extreme measures over there but in Europe and in the more extreme countries people are basically like zombies now they don't they they don't they don't care anymore, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's actually funny. Like I, I talked to this one guy. Uh, I don't even remember who it was. He said like, uh, I don't know. Like he thought it was all made up. Uh, but yet he knew all these people that had died from it. And I said, well, how do you know 
if it's made up, how do these people die from it? And he goes, well, maybe the government killed them. And I'm like, you can't really think the government killed, like, just 10 people that you know. Like, you know, you, this guy, just know to these 10 people, and and they're all dead, and, and, you know, you're not anything special. Like, you're not anything whatever. You just, you can't be like that, man. Maybe, like, maybe. Maybe he just felt left out, you know? The government was so dedicated to kill these people, they didn't kill him. And he feels jealous. It's simple. <laughs> you know, honestly, like, I think one thing you're right about, I, I think with this virus, I think people are, like, really thinking about the world. Like, to think yeah. about the world they live in, and, and do, do I want to live in this world like this? I mean, how, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very... It's very weird. I mean, the, a virus that's out killing people is making us reflect on our own being. It's kind of poetic in a way, you know? No, it's not poetic at all. It's, it's fucking insane. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, right, yeah, no, uh, totally. But, yeah. I was, I was going to say something I completely blanked. And obviously, since I blanked, it must have been important. Shit. Never mind. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, Mister Nobody, there's there's a couple more, there's like a couple more questions I got for you. Sure. Um, so you had said earlier um, something about the food supply in your country. Oh, yeah, uh, that's that's one of the big things why I think we're good is we have we have a lot of agricultural resources. They're not being used as much like villages in these small areas are slowly getting more and more abandoned, which is quite sad because first thing somebody does when they grow up in a village is that they get the fuck out of there, you know? And this makes it so that over time, a lot of a lot of good land is going to be left behind. I don't know if this will change in the future because if if this whole situation we're in goes to a even bigger extreme and countries start to become more secluded and secular, we're in the fucking clear. Like we have water, we have a fuck ton of water until Nestle comes and buys it all up. Uh, we have a lot of food, we have a lot of livestock, we have everything. The only thing we don't have is people who actually give enough of a shit to, you know, work on that. And this is, you, you, you alluded to something that I know about, but a lot of people probably don't, which is Nestle buys water. The company Nestle buys water and they make, they make it to where you can't drink that water. Yeah, water water on that side is ridiculous. I've read about some so basically water is a resource you can't from what I understood, you can't legally trade it as a resource. I can't go to you and, you know, sell you twenty megatons of water. But what essentially they do is they buy up reservoirs and shit like that so they're not actually selling water they're more of providing the service of bringing that water to you which is basically the same as stealing the water from the people that that is 
that is also something I find so fucking ridiculous with this world. Like we <laughs> human beings need air, they need water, and they need food, and somehow we manage to to put a clamp on two of those things. I'm in expecting. Huh? In some countries, what? they can't even. Uh, in some countries, they can't even collect the water. Like they can't even collect rainwater in some places. What? Where? I think South America somewhere. They, they. I don't remember where, but like Nestle got their legislator, their assemblies or whatever to pass this law that you can't collect water. That is that. Is, if if that. If that I'm gonna check if that is true, that is a sign of pure absolute evil. That is insane. That's greed. Like, Total greed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Insane. Oh my God. Yeah. They they want to do a cease and desist order for illegal water use. Holy fucking Christ! This can't be happening. <laughs> it's, yep. it's insane. We just need water and food to live, and oh my God, it's ridiculous! I'm telling you, give it, give it a couple hundred years, and air is going to be a traded commodity, a guarantee. Guarantee. I think you're right. I just don't know how to do it, but <laughs> like, like when people start living on Mars, they'll have to pay an air bill. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, an air tax, and then they're gonna air bill. Then they're gonna, the oxygen tanks into the into the harbor to protest. Yeah. yeah. History repeating itself. Then we're gonna have the Mars Tea Party or Mars Oxygen Party, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> actually, exactly. actually yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of people get really psyched about space colonization and okay, I am too. Like I cannot wait. I wish to live and see that. But you know, when you get down to it, that is going to be a fucking mess. Like, could you imagine? It's going to be colonization again and how the taxes are going to work and the resources and everything. That is going to be a nightmare. But it's cool. But it's a nightmare. I mean, it, it really it really will be sci-fi. I mean, honestly, it, it for us, what'll be crazy, what'll be crazy is like that. What'll be nuts is like not us. Like, not people alive now, but, like, say, like, our hypothetical grandkids who don't realize that it's, oh, yeah, no, it's Mars. You know, like, oh, you just go to Mars, and, oh, I went to college in, on Mars, and, oh, my, my friend got a job on Mars, and, oh, I work in an ad agency on Mars, and, oh, yeah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know, they're not going to realize that that's crazy, but, you know, they'll think... You're living on Jupiter? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know why my brain went there. I just imagined uh, Tinder, like the, the dating app, giving you a feature to basically choose the planet you want to swipe on. That shit is coming. That shit is fucking coming because t Tinder, Tinder and Match.com and all of them, they're going to live till till the end of all eternity. When the last fucking galaxy fizzles out, the Tinder server will go out. That's or like what happen. like like you you go on like uh like a food delivery service and you're like I want to change my food delivery. Oh oh, could you imagine like going to the phone company, going to your little cell phone company and being like, hey, so I went to Mars on vacation 
I can't get the weather off of Mars. Can you help me get the weather off of Mars? But actually, yeah, I never, I never actually took the time to think of these tiny little things. Like imagine you're ordering, ordering Uber Eats, and the guy tells you, uh, "Yeah, sorry, the the place on the place on uh, Neptune is closed, but I can get it to you from Mars. It'll take an extra five minutes, and we'll charge you twenty dollars extra." Like fuck my life. That'll be like, great. Like you're getting like Chinese food at, uh, from Mars. I mean, something like that is crazy. No, you won't get Chinese food from Mars. You're gonna get. So, I think that sometime in the future, the way the Chinese work ethic is and the way they are, they're not gonna colonize a planet. They're gonna build their own fucking planet. Like they don't care. They're gonna. They're gonna take a bunch of fucking. They're gonna mine the entirety of China and build like a small little moon around the earth and it's they're going to paint it red and that's it. That's going to be their place. Screw colonizing other planets. They're making yeah. their own. That is, that is the Chinese spirit right there. Actually, what's, gonna, what's, huh? what's funny is I've got novelists who listen to me. Like I've got some novelists who listen to me and I'm, I'm actually going to talk to a novelist tomorrow. Um, and if I'm they not, take my China planet idea, I want royalties. <laughs> I demand royalties. <laughs> so like i've got like novelists and stuff and those are like hey that's an idea where did you get this idea i don't know from a podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be great yeah. i actually i'd actually like to see that 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 would be something cool but yeah these oh my god you know you you just did make me think Despite of all this COVID shit and everything, the future does look bright. Like, regardless. You know, humans are clever, they're smart, they're resilient, and no matter what happens, they're gonna they're gonna push through. Like, no yeah. matter what, we're going to Mars. I can't yeah. wait. I actually really believe I'm for real. I actually really believe that. Like I actually really believe that. That actually people are are resilient. Humans are resilient, and humans will figure it out. Maybe not that, these, maybe not us, maybe not these humans, but humans <laughs> will be fine. Of course, I mean we, we look. People say that COVID is a horrible virus and everything. But truth be told, we are a more resilient and persistent little germ than COVID will ever be. Like, no matter what gets thrown at our face, we somehow manage to get up. And, like, when, yeah, like, what, a couple of decades ago, we almost nuked the whole fucking planet. Like, that's, yeah, and we went through, like, there, there was that one big extinct, extinction where it was, like, what, 50,000 humans left on planet Earth? And we went past all of that, and we made the iPhone, which means we regressed fully and completely. But still, it's, it's yeah. insane. <laughs> you know, like, um, I don't know. It's The more I think about it, the more I'm convinced that, that we live in Stark. The fact that I can see you, the fact that, that, you know, I can look at you, and we can talk in basically real time. And you live on one continent, and I live on the other, and... Yeah, I mean, the future. That's, that's the beauty of it. You know, sci-fi is always 10 years away. Like, 10 years from now, we're going to have our teleporters, and 
two years after that, we're going to get bored with teleporters and then we're going to do something else and something else and something else. And it never ends. I was actually, I was actually listening to this podcast. Um, I was actually listening to this podcast and they were talking about virtual reality. Like they were talking about like actual virtual reality things that you can actually purchase like either like now or like um, in a few years. And the people were saying, like, I don't think we realize how revolutionary it is. And, like, one guy was like, yeah, we do, because we've been talking about it for two hours. He said, no, I don't think we do, because it's not here yet. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not here yet. <laughs> you, you maybe remember, there's... Um there's a game. Oh my god, I can't. I can't remember what the name of the game is. It's uh, it's an MMO, and the whole shtick to it is they have their currency is pegged to the dollar, so you can basically convert it back and forth. And there are people who essentially run a business through that. They buy up land and they sell digital land for for people to play in. It's it, I can't remember. It was something with a C, like and. You know, we, we look at all these virtual world, worlds and everything, and I think we only scratched the surface of what that shit is going to do. Like, we started down a path that is fucking insane. Mm. I, I, I agree with you. I, I really do. I, I You know, I, I look at these babies. Like, I look at babies, like little babies. And I'm like, what? When they get to be my age... Like their world, the world then is just going to be like, wow, just amazing. Yeah. And what I mean, are they going to think? Like, gee whiz. The the thing is, you know, it's it's our duty to make sure that world ends up like that for them. Otherwise, well, yukes. Yeah. But yeah, I had the I had the same thought. A couple of days ago, actually, I saw I saw a kid, and I was wondering, like, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna be dead, and you're gonna fly. That's not that's not fair, but it is in a way because I'm gonna make sure that kid's gonna fly. That's the it's it's the the cycle of life. Well, uh, Mr. Nobody, um, on that note, we've been at it for an hour and a half, or hour and forty eight. Time went by quickly. I like that. It did. It did. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording. And uh, but like always, everybody, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. And I'll see you later. All right, bye bye, guys.